listening to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information, and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now, I have had several requests to do an episode about diet pills and eating disorders. I have talked before about laxative use on the podcast, but I don't think I've ever actually explored diet pills. And this is partly because I do feel a bit less equipped and knowledgeable to explore this area. Um, You know, it's something that, interestingly, doesn't come up that much in the therapy room. Um, And I don't know quite why that is, because I do fully recognize that just because it's often not talked about in the therapy room, maybe because of other things are being focused on or it's not picked up in assessment, I do recognize that for many people it's a very big issue. And in the same way that perhaps some people don't disclose chewing and spitting or other disordered eating behaviors due to the shame around these behaviors, I wonder again if this is the same with diet pill use. So if you are struggling with diet pills and you're feeling really alone, and you want to reach out, do drop me a DM on Instagram because I think it's something that we need to talk about more and I'm sure there are a lot more people struggling than we recognize. So anyway, I fully recognize that if you are struggling with diet pills, it can feel that you're down a very deep rabbit hole. You might feel addicted physically and mentally to diet pill use and this can be really, really scary. So before I launch into this episode as well, I want to say a disclaimer. I think that if you are struggling with diet pills and you're wanting to reduce your usage, I think it is important that you're supported by a medical professional through this. So your doctor, general practitioner, if you're in the UK, someone that really can keep an eye on your physical and mental well-being. Because I think it can be hugely challenging to deal with perhaps withdrawal effects and everything else when you're navigating this road. Also, if you are listening and you're working with a therapist, but perhaps you haven't disclosed diet pill use already, I would warmly encourage you to do this so you can also get support with this. Because I think it's really, really important. Um, I know sometimes using diet pills can feel like a very shameful behavior, but really important, you know, I think anyone that has gone down the eating disorder road is hugely vulnerable to using diet pills, falling into these kind of coping strategies. So you are not alone. So I think in our diet culture world, anyone can be vulnerable to looking for a quick fix to help with weight loss. Because in a society where weight equals worth, and if you're feeling under intense pressure to look a certain way and conform to societal ideals, then of course, diet pills can be extremely appealing. And we live, don't we, in a very quick fix society. And maybe you feel that by doing the more conventional methods that these aren't working and you want something that is going to work faster and you know speed up things and it can feel really, really appealing. And I think as well, diet pills are often marketed as miracle fixes that are going to melt away the pounds and bring you the elixir of happiness. So there is a huge profit money-making industry behind them that's only keen to exploit you and take your hard-earned cash. You know, people, these companies don't care if you've got an eating disorder. I know from people that I've worked with before that they've been able to access and get hold of these diet pills very easily on the internet with very little sort of um, 
you know, kind of assessment or approval or understanding of someone's psychological health. So you are extremely vulnerable, I think, when you kind of purchase these and, you know, people really just want your money. And more and more research points to a heightened risk for people developing an eating disorder when they've taken diet pills or laxatives to control their weight. So researchers from the University of Minnesota Public Health explored this very risk in around a thousand adolescent girls. They found that those who use diet pills or laxatives to lose weight were much more likely to receive a first time eating disorder diagnosis within five years of taking diet pills or laxatives than those who didn't use these products. And there was a larger study with over 10,000 adolescent girls and women aged between 14 and 36 supported these findings further and the researchers discovered that when young women who had no history of eating disorders took diet pills or laxatives to lose weight, they increased their chances of developing an eating disorder within three years of using these products. So, so highly risky. I think as well when I was reading about these studies, I was really thinking, you know, what does come first really? the eating disorder or the diet pills and then this leading to an eating disorder because I think anyone who is tempted to take diet pills in the first place they're already going to be having a lot of struggles around body image they're likely restricting their food they're likely trying to lose weight I would say that it's highly likely that your eating is probably disordered in the first place before you even start taking diet pills and then if you're in the depths of an eating disorder already and you are using other coping strategies and maybe they're not kind of working, in inverted commas, then understandably you can be so vulnerable to using diet pills as an additional way of coping. So yeah, I'd be very interested though, if you are listening and you have your own experience and you want to share, please do let me know because I'd be very open to do another episode on this, you know, where I can dive a bit deeper. So time for a short advertisement break. I know we talk a lot about food freedom on this podcast and how important it is to take care of yourself mentally and physically as you learn to navigate a culture inundated with toxic messaging. One of the best ways to take care of yourself is through exercise, but I know it can be really hard to find an exercise program that isn't rooted in these toxic messages and doesn't feel triggering. Well, I recently met Katie, the owner of an amazing new exercise company called WeShape. And WeShape doesn't focus on calorie counting, tracking how much you work out, or making you feel bad about your body to get you motivated. Instead, they create a customized exercise routine for you that helps you connect with and care for your body rather than feel pressure to change it. They'll help you to learn to set intentions that come from a place of self-care rather than self-judgment, and they support you every step of the way with an amazing community and live coaching so you can make exercise a self-care practice that helps you feel better in your body and about your body. Plus, they're giving listeners of the show the chance to try it out for two full weeks for free. Just head on over to weshape.com forward slash freedom or check out the link in the show notes to get started today. Now, I think that as diet pills can often be so accessible, you can literally get them in your local pharmacy or chemist, or you can scroll through social media feeds, and you're bound to see all these products advertising weight loss or weight management seemingly as a very normal thing to do. Also, a lot of celebrities endorse really unhelpful ways of losing weight, often taking pills, particularly on social media as well. It all looks really glossy. So it gives these products a false sense of authenticity and makes them seem quite harmless. So I think with the best one in the world, you can go down this kind of dark road quite easily and not even realizing how harmful it is. 
that many diet pills aren't regulated or approved, which means that they may not actually do what they say they're gonna do, and also they may contain harmful ingredients. So they might be making false claims, not good. And people often don't consider diet pills as substances that can be addictive, but diet pills often do contain stimulants, which can be quite addictive. So stimulants obviously increase our alertness, our attention, our energy, they can elevate blood pressure, heart rate and respiration, and they're often typically prescribed to treat things like ADHD and narcolepsy. So diet pills tend to work by suppressing appetite, increasing metabolism, reducing fat absorption and increasing energy. But I think really important thing to say is this is often a short-term impact though, and they can be dangerous and lead to many other problems. So they may appear to kind of work in the short term, but often, you know, they lead to a lot more kind of issues and they're not even in the end sort of working in the way that someone is hoping that they were going to in the first place. So someone might feel they're still really like struggling with their weight and all the things, all the reasons why they took the pills in the first place, but now they've got this addiction as well. And I think diet pills as well can be addictive mentally and physically. So you may become used to the physiological effects that you experience from taking them, but you also become mentally attached to using them. So taking a pill could become a bit like checking your body in the mirror or weighing yourself every day. It's like a giving you a feeling of safety and reassurance that feels very hard to let go of. And I think if you have an eating disorder, of course, it's a coping strategy. So you're going to be prone probably to low self-worth, destructive behaviors, having a strong inner critic, possibly emotional dysregulation because of you're using the eating disorder to cope with your emotions. So throwing a diet pill into this mix leaves you incredibly vulnerable to developing a difficult relationship with the pills. So you have to have huge compassion for yourself here. And it actually just makes me angry really talking about it and just thinking about how easily they are kind of doled out almost without companies really checking in with the individuals that are using them and how they're doing with their mental health and physical health overall. And I was just thinking as well about how people with eating disorders all often use caffeine as a stimulant and as an appetite suppressant. So people with eating disorders can be hugely vulnerable to drinking copious amounts of Diet Coke or coffee to push hunger away. Now, of course, this might work short term. It helps people avoid food, but actually they end up feeling really anxious, really jittery, in full flight or fight mode. Sleep is disrupted, they feel edgy. And when the caffeine wears off, people will often feel really, really hungry, vulnerable to binging, tired, exhausted, weary, and then be really sort of likely to use food to soothe, calm the nervous system, etc. So you can see, like, I think caffeine is a great example of how in the short term, you know, with people that are overusing it, they kind of may feel the benefit in inverted commas of not feeling hungry, but it usually catches up with you. So let's talk about some different prescription appetite suppressants on the market. So I'm probably going to pronounce some of these wrong, so I do apologize in advance. So there are several types of diet pills within the kind of classification of prescription appetite suppressants. So these include benzophetamine, diethylpropion, mazindol, and fentamine. So Benzphetamine is also known as Didrex, Didrex is considered as an anorectic diet pill. This type of diet pill is closely related to amphetamines and functions to reduce appetite in people who are overweight. Diethylpropion 
also known as tenuate or tepanil, is prescribed on a short-term basis to suppress appetite. Mazindol, typically sold as Mazanor or Sanorex, is only approved for use in the treatment of Duchenne muscular dystrophy. I didn't know that. Mazinodol prescriptions are typically abused for appetite suppressive properties. And then fentamine, also known as adipex or lonamine, reduces appetite and is used to reduce weight in overweight individuals on a short-term basis. And then some non-prescription appetite suppressants on the market, Garcinia cambogia, caffeine-based supplements, lipazine, and also Orlistat. Now I'm sure there are more that I haven't mentioned there, but that gives you just a very quick whistle-stop tour and you definitely want, might want to do some more research or talk to um, a specialist in the field if you are either tempted to go down this route, which I'll strongly, strongly not advise, but just to be able to kind of really talk about all the sort of side effects and how dangerous these can be. And also if you are already using one of these substances, you might want to talk to a specialist about them. So getting help and getting out of using these. So I would say to you, you talk to your doctor, your therapist, a loved one or a dear friend, tell someone what is going on. And it doesn't matter if you don't feel ready for change yet, because telling someone itself can be an important first step, okay? Now, I think as well, say for example, if you did go to your doctor and you didn't get a helpful response, ask to be seen by someone else, okay? Because I think there are many more people out there, professionals out there these days who are more compassionate and understanding of these issues. But you, if you're met with someone who is very dismissive of the problem and just tries to kind of gloss over it or think it's not an issue, that is not the person you want to be talking to. So tell someone, and if you are really struggling, perhaps to go to the doctor on your own, go with a friend, go with a loved one, go and get some support. Think as well about the pros and cons of taking diet pills. Get really honest with yourself, like how are they helping you in inverted commas? How are you attached to them? How do you feel that they're helping you cope? So be really compassionate with yourself because I guess they're offering you a sense of safety, control, familiarity, and they're a life raft. They become a habit. They become almost a bit like a kind of mental and physical addiction. They might feel very, very hard to let go of. So just be really honest with yourself that you can be then compassionate and then you can start to think about how can you achieve some of those pros in other ways. Also get very realistic about the costs. Don't bury your head in the sand because I think sometimes it can be easy to do this. We're just kind of carrying on with the old habit, doing the old behavior, taking the harmful substance and not really acknowledging where it is leading us. So don't bury your head in the sand. How are the diet pills impacting you mentally, physically, emotionally, socially? Get really aware of the costs. And even if you don't feel ready to change yet, doing that pros and cons exercise can be really helpful for your motivation can help you to start to consider there could be other ways of coping and to think more about this long term. So as I've said it's helpful to explore how you navigate reducing diet pill use with a medical professional so you can be guided and supported through possible withdrawal and side effects from reducing this and it's also helpful to explore the psychological attachment with a coach or therapist. Now, if you have what you might describe as a full-blown addiction to diet pills, maybe taking multiple pills over the course of a week, it might be helpful to explore addiction-type models of treatment, which can also be combined with eating disorder support and to explore all your options. So talking to a medical professional first can be a really important first step. 
so I'm aware there's probably a lot more I could say about diet pills so if you have any feedback on this episode if you have anything you want to share do get in touch with me on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore okay I hope you've enjoyed this episode if you're not following me already on Instagram do go to the eating disorder therapist underscore further support with your relationship with food do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk if you enjoy this podcast I would be so grateful if you would follow rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon Thank you.